The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome to... Week 13 edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. Unfortunately, another losing edition. A six out of seven losing edition of the No Quarter podcast. Part of the BuckPower.com podcast network as the Bucks fall 27 to 20 up in Indianapolis to fall to four and seven on the year. And thank God we are still only one game out of first place. I'm your host, Jason Powers, along with Peter Blake. Peter, welcome. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I heard there's some uh, some Cracker Barrel in your future, in your past. Yeah, in my past, in my rearview mirror, because I'm never going there again, Jason Powers. <laughs> never going there again. You got to get with the family on Thanksgiving, or you got to go to somebody's house that can actually cook. I, <laughs> I, know, you to, I know you had some last-minute change of plans, so that prompted yeah. the uh, Cracker Barrel visit. So not real impressed with the uh, – Thanksgiving Cracker Barrel style, huh? I don't know what was worse, the spread there or the spread at a USF uh, football game. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, too. (laughs) Turkey cheese sandwich. Uh, It was gone by 1220. We got it at noon. It was gone by 1220, and then we didn't have another play for the whole day. So the football wasn't great. I didn't want to fall asleep. I actually wanted to go out and make some money, so I actually delivered food on thanksgiving i mean that's how disappointed i was with uh crackle barrel so look at you out. peter blake helping the helping the community out thanks yeah, holiday yeah absolutely doing that a boy a little community service good good job man you. appreciate it all right so the bucks fall to four and seven 27 20 loss um peter blake give me a couple of initial thoughts about the game in general then we'll get into some specifics well, they were in a Thanksgiving mood because uh, Baker Mayfield had a terrible interception early in this game. He also had a fumble to end it, uh, and they gave plenty of opportunities to the Colts uh, to score points, and the Bucks didn't respond doing the same things over and over again. No urgency, lack of urgency. You know, Todd Bowles, uh, he's got something on his side. He's got timeouts. Obviously, he's got all those still, and um, I don't know. I thought it was an easy win. I thought they could – Beat the Colts, but, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew uh, doing his best uh, Patrick Mahomes impression on Devin White, uh, juking him out of his jock, if you will. Yeah, it was a uh, – we're going to get into the specifics here in just a minute, but, you know, the Bucks fall behind, and then they make a nice comeback, have a couple opportunities to tie the game late. You know, we'll talk about some clock management issues involving the offense. Um, you know, a couple things here we'll talk about, but – but a tough loss because again, again, the Bucks had a golden opportunity to tie the game. Had the ball in the last two about the two minute warning about the fifty. Had plenty of t- had time. Had you know was moving the ball pretty well in the second half. So, uh, but just unable continuously week after week the inopportune penalty, the inopportune blown 
assignment, blown coverage, whatever it is, whether it's offensively or defensively, and the uh, Bucks just fall short again, 27-20. Again, luckily, fortunately for the Bucks in the division, Atlanta beats New Orleans to drop them both those teams to five and six. So the Bucks still remain one game out of uh, one game out of the division lead. They still only remain one game out of the last wild card spot held by the Minnesota Vikings, who had a brutal loss on Monday Night Football to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Josh Dobbs uh, comes back down to earth, four interceptions against the Bears. I mean, who could figure that team out? But you're exactly right. You're still in the division race. You're one game out. You know, Atlanta, New Orleans, they're a mess. I mean, both teams. So you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity here to, you know, make some hay uh, against the Carolina Panthers. And you should. A lot of people, a lot of Bucks fans on social media, when they fired Frank Reich after uh, the great start of 1-10, and they said Panthers by 60. I mean, that's kind of the confidence right now in Todd Bowles' crew. Uh, and hopefully the Bucks cannot uh, have deja vu from last year where the Panthers also fired their coach and then proceeded to uh, basically blow the doors off of that Buccaneer team. Some stats from the game. Uh, Mike Evans, six catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. Rashad White, 15 carries, 100 yards. I think that was highlighted, but I think he, they got a 38-yard run late in the early fourth quarter, which was a nice uh, nice sight to see there. Bucks give up six sacks, and we'll talk about some of those sacks, not all on the offensive line. To me, in my view, two or three of those easily were on Baker Mayfield for not throwing the ball away. And then Baker Mayfield, two uh, – Fumbled the ball twice, only lost one of the two fumbles through a terrible interception, which we're going to talk about in, early in the game. 20 of 30 for 199 and two touchdowns. So not not terrible stats, but nothing nothing worthy of winning the game kind of stats. And again, at the biggest moment, Baker did not uh, get it done and uh, was strip sacked on the at uh, the two-minute warning there when uh, the defensive end beat Tr- Tristan Wirfs around the end, causing the strip sack fumble. So, all right, let's start out the game early here. Uh, Bucks, you know, slow start for both teams. First qu- two thirds of the first quarter, the Bucks get down t- tied zero zero. They get down to first and goal to one. The Bucks run a quarterback sneak, which I didn't understand that on first down. I didn't get that call. Baker Mayfield gets his ankle la- landed on awkwardly. Uh, he leaves the game for a play. Cal Trask has to come in. There's a false start, which you know I didn't even notice it to be honest with you. I, I turned away. Um, a lot of people think it wasn't a false start. You tell me, was that a what was the was it a false start on the, on the when Kyle Trask came in the game? Yeah, it looked like a false start to me, but uh, with the continuation of the play, and I get it, he's got a free play or something. He throws it up and it's intercepted. So right in that case, very fortunate for the Bucks to have a penalty because it it, it takes away the interception there, which would have been you know really bad and not a okay, good. What do you what do you, it, it, let's just go to that first. First of all, what are you doing running a quarterback sneak on first and goal with a guy who's not the biggest guy in the world? You want to establish a little running game. Rashad White's been pretty good around the goal line. You know, those one-yard runs. Give it to Rashad White. You know, what are we doing here? I mean, I don't understand it. I honestly don't understand why they haven't, you know, maybe gone to Avita Vea, right? I mean, yeah. Much difficulty with scoring on the one yard line. Go to your biggest guy. Who's going to stop that guy at the end of the day? I get it. You could have some injury there, but why not? If change it up a little bit. If you have problems with scoring in the red zone, do something a little different that a defense is not expecting. You know, uh, a quarterback sneak with Baker Mayfield. That I'm sorry, that's not Tom Brady there. That's Baker Mayfield, smallest guy. And then you then you come in on Kyle Trask's first play. 
Why aren't you handing the ball off on second down and goal? I mean, I don't get that either. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna play action pass on a on a guy that's has been cold for basically 45 minutes. I don't get, I, I, you know, I get it. You want to maybe, I, I, I didn't understand that one bit. So you back up to the six. You settle for a field goal, three nothing. Then the kind of the wheels fall off for about a quarter. Colts go down the field and score 17 unanswered points. It's 17 three. Um, you know, just the Bucks' inability to stay on the field again, again, back to the offensive consistency, not able to get first downs. Um, you know, the pass protection was not great, but again, Baker Mayfield holding the ball on a couple of these sacks just way too long. You got to throw the ball away. And I know you're going to talk about it because I'm going to steal your thunder, but he comes in after the injury and throws just an ill-advised throw. We've seen it all year long. We've seen it throughout his career. There's no reason why he needs to make that throw. I don't know what he was trying to see there. I guess he was trying to force it to Mike Evans, but there's triple. Four guys. There's four guys. Yeah, I mean, you you can't do that. you got to throw it to somebody. If there's four guys in that area, there's got to be somebody freaking open besides Mike Evans. I get it. You want to get to your playmakers. But by the way, you got Chris Goblin on the other side. You got Kate Otten. You got uh, Rashad White possibly in the flat. Trey Palmer. Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Trey Palmer. He had a critical drop too, and that was that was a big play. That would have been a, probably about a 20, 25 yard gainer there on a third down, which derailed one of the drives. So again, just rookie. Again, hard. And we've talked about this, Buck fans, all year. The Bucks are having to play a lot of young guys on both offensively and defense. And these are some of the growing pains you have to go through, whether it's drop balls, blown coverages, penalties. These are things you deal with when you're dealing with young, young, inexperienced players in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, that's the downside of it. I mean, just imagine if you had a Gage out there, Russell Gage, who's a veteran three wide receiver who wasn't hurt. I mean, I get it. Trey Palmer's got lots of potential and he's nearly there. He's so close yep. to being there. But you, you got to wonder the reason why he dropped in the draft in the first place mm-hmm. is because consistency with catching passes that came back once again to haunt him in this game as it came back to haunt him in the previous games. Critical drops at critical times. It just stalls out drives. Is it all to blame? No, but it's definitely part of it. All right. So we get to 17 to three. Um, yeah, I think scoring to be it was 17 three at the half. I think I think it was 17 three at the half. So the Bucks come out second half. Uh, they play a little field position. They pin them deep with a punt, and then Carlton Davis, who I uh, give him credit, he played better. He played better this week. Uh, again, too many. You know, the Bucks gave up too much to Michael Pittman, in my view. By you know, but uh, remember, no Jamel Dean this last week. So Carlton Davis had a had a more of a central role as far as more man to man stuff. Um, nice interception on the, on the on about the 15, 18 yard line on, on an errant throw by. By uh, Minshew, the Bucks are able to convert that score with a one-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Again, we still, you know, back to your you, – I know Mike Evans catches the ball to the one-yard line. You were debating whether the Bucks maybe should have challenged that catch because it was close whether he got in or his knee was down. Uh, they don't challenge. The Bucs uh, uh, turn around and s- score a play or two later. Um, just your thought on – did you think it was a touchdown pre-challenge or what would you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why you're not challenging it. I get it. You want to keep your timeouts for some reason for later on in the game. But if that's a play that changes the outcome of it, why not take a look at it? What do you have to lose? They're going to say, no, it, it looked like it was a touchdown to me. I don't know what a touchdown is anymore. You look at that play, but they didn't. he didn't review it. And you go with what you got, and you get a one-yard touchdown eventually to Mike Evans. But you know, maybe you save yourself some 
some plays there and some, you know, opportunities with, you know, possibly challenging it and taking a look at it and seeing if it is actually a touchdown. But the Bucks do convert, so give them credit. They, they punch it in there on the nice throw to, to, to Evans. And let's give credit to – how about Payne Durham? How about the great catch he made on that sideline? Again, a pretty dicey throw by Mayfield. Not a great throw at all, but Payne Durham makes his first kind of big contribution of the season there. Uh, the the, the, the fifth-round draft pick out of Purdue, the tight end, makes a really nice catch on the sideline. Kind of Randy – kind of mossing a guy, the DB, really really showing off his height and his, uh, his, his, his long arms. Doing uh, Rob Gronkowski proud there with number 87 with yep. going up there and getting the ball. And I thought he scored too. And close. Yep. Close. Once again, no challenge. No taking a look at it, but great catch by him. And uh, he's starting to get more catches and, and, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity. It's nice to see 87, you know, back in the folder, even though it's not Gronk. So 17, 10, the Bucks then give up another field goal drive, a long drive, 20 to 10. Then the Bucks on a nice little rollout pass, a little play action, uh, kind of a bootleg to the left. Mayfield has a nice throw to, to Mike Evans for like a 23-yard touchdown. So a nice nice play design there. It makes it 20 to 17. But yet again, the Buccaneer defense cannot, uh, cannot hold. Uh, we get late in the game here. Critical fourth down and one. And then we see the 30-yard. The again, give, give the Colts credit. I was a little surprised they went, you know, the Bucs had stopped them earlier in the game on a fourth down play. The Colts go for it again. Um, they throw a nice little play action. Mo Alley Cox right down the right down the scene for un uncovered, basically, 30-yard gain. Um, hard to know who exactly his guy that was. It was a short yardage defense. Probably one of the DB's responsibilities, either Carlton Davis, maybe Winfield. Um, neither of them pick him up. Mo Alley Cox, everybody sells out for the run. And Mo Alley Cox runs right down the seam for 30 yards. Uh, the, 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 uh, and the Colts kick another field goal, which then make it 27 to 17. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's disappointing because uh, at that point, you kind of need a stop from your defense and you don't get it. And on top of it, it's another blown coverage. And most likely, uh, it looked like it was Carlton Davis on the play. So we said he was having a good day. He was. But on that play, he was nowhere to be found, whether it was him, Winfield, a linebacker. Most likely, it was Carlton Davis. And yeah, it's it's a critical play. And, and again, you go back to it. You know, you, you see these coverage breakdowns. And Todd Bowles talks about it all throughout his press conferences, how it's going to get cleaned up. It's going to get, you know, fixed. And it's it's not getting fixed yet. So we'll see if they can get a fix versus the Panthers uh, against the Colts. Well, not so much. So 27-17, the Bucs then drive right down the field, getting first and goal at like the four or five-yard line. This is where Baker Mayfield really hurt him here. You, 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 first and goal, you take two – I think I think he took two sacks on that three-play sequence. Just terrible. You have to throw the ball away on first and goal. You cannot take a sack first and goal at like the five or six as we got Peter Blake's dog in the screen now. Hello, Mr. Uh, – hello, uh, Cujo. Mr. Alexander, yes. He <laughs> With the, is he a black lab? Show him up to the camera here for the fans. Uh, he's, uh, he's, let's see here. Hold on. Come on. Yep. There he is. That boy. He's, uh, he, he is a, um, he is a Louisiana hunting dog. So he's okay. Nice. And snakes and squirrels. So Mr. Alexander getting a little TV time here on the no quarter given podcast. We like it. Yeah, that's right. He's looking at me right now like, uh, you're supposed to be taking me out. I already took you out. So afterwards. <laughs> all right, your thoughts on Baker Mayfield, just a couple bad sacks that he took. Not all the offensive line's problem on the on the six sacks on the day. 
just your thoughts on his to me his pocket awareness has is, is not been great his mobility is pretty decent I'll give him credit for that but when he's in the pocket when it's time for the play to be over throw it away he doesn't do a good job of that in my view uh, maybe that's the fault that maybe that's the reason why he's been on various teams because you're trying to do too much right and you're trying not to turn over the ball but in this case you have the grand opportunity of turning over the ball and then furthermore if you look back at the play it certainly looks like Chris Godwin is open on the goal line there he misses it so I it's so frustrating because he does so many good things and you can see that he made a good throw on fourth down to get them in position but then you take a sack, you have no pocket awareness. I, I don't understand it. It's, it's inconsistency. It's up and down. I like the guy. Maybe that's his ceiling. I don't know. And it would be nice to get more help from the line and get more help from the running back. But at the end of the day, you're exactly right. You have to have better pocket awareness. You have to throw the ball away. You can't have a turnover. You can't take a sack. You can't put yourself out of position. You can take a sack on third down, but you can't take a sack on first and goal from the five. You take a sack on third down, you're going to kick the field goal anyway. I can I can live with that. But the first down sack at the four-yard line or five-yard line, that's the one you can't take. The problem is we've seen this also. We've, we saw the inability of them being able to score red zone points besides field goals, and that's just not going to win games, not against anybody. So it's disappointing to say the least. We've seen it against San Francisco. Um uh, last week, uh, we saw it this week. So it's just- so the Bucks kick a field goal, 27-20. You still are in the game at about four minutes to go. You got your timeouts. And give the Buccaneer defense credit. They get the Colts out of there on three and out. The one thing I didn't like is on th- it was third and about 20. They gave up about eight or nine, ten-yard gain, which is no big deal. But you let 40 seconds run off the clock after third down. To me, that would have been a perfect time. You call timeout after third down. You have 320 left in the game plus the two-minute warning, which is plenty of time. I didn't like that Todd let the clock run to two, 240 or whatever it was and not and let them burn 40 seconds on the punt. I, that's the part of the game where you can really be – you can really question, hey, come on, Todd. That's a spot where you, if you save 40 seconds – that's at least two plays on offense, maybe three or four, depending on the clock situation. Exactly. And that's, uh, you know, my biggest problem with Todd Bowles and, you know, my biggest question coming into this year, you know, clock management, situational football, and, you know, lack of not only accountability, but also urgency. And all these things are starting to, you know, build up and, and they're leading to losses. And you're exactly right. That 40 seconds is a big deal. Keeping your timeouts before halftime is a big deal. Not having confidence in your offense to at least score some points is a big deal. And it's going to continue to be a big deal if this team continues to lose. And again, hopefully they can clean some of this stuff up. But we're sitting here talking about this. It's almost December, and we're still talking about the same type of you know stuff, penalties and situational football and clock management management it's it's either going to get corrected or somebody eventually is going to lose their job unfortunately so the bucks get the ball back at a great field position not a great punch they get the ball at about the 35 yard line with like 225 230 left in the in the in the game they run a play they they try to hurry up and get a second play run right before the two minute warning literally 201 on the clock and inexplicably, whether it's Mayfield's fault, whether it's Rashad White's fault, Rashad White does not fully get set. They snap the ball. They throw a nice eight or 10 yard completion to Godwin, but but it comes back because you have an illegal shift. 
I don't, I mean, I know you want to get another playoff before the two minute warning, but you have to be in, you have to be insured that everybody's set and that you get the playoff penalty free. Agree. I completely agree on that. And, uh, you know, once again, it's a penalty at a critical time that kills you. So bring takes you back. You get to the two minute. Instead of it being first and ten at about the forty two yard line at the one fifty five mark, it's second and nine again at the two, at the one fifty five mark. Next play, Tristan Wirfs gets beat cleanly around the edge, strip sacked. And again, you can't kill Tristan Wirfs. He's been an unbelievable player. He didn't play. You know, he got beat. That's plain and simple. He got beat around the end. Strip sack on Mayfield. Colts recover the ball. Bucks, Bucks, you know, the, basically the, the the Colts kneel out the game. I know you were a little critical that the Bucks didn't use their timeouts. There was zero chance they could get the ball back. So I, I'm not going to kill Bowles for not using the timeouts at the end of the game. Yet you had zero chance to win the game. I get it. It's just an optic of it. You know, it's kind of like they had the timeouts. They didn't use them. So maybe who knows? Maybe something happens. But I, I understand what you're saying uh, for that. So, yeah. All right. Bucks fall to... Four and seven, 27 20 loss. Um, you know, closing thoughts here. Again, we talked about looking at the schedule. One of the two games the Bucs got to win out. To me, we talked about it as far as the division. You got four division games left two with Carolina, one Atlanta, one New Orleans. In my view, you got to win three out of those four games, and then you have to split the other two, which is which you had. Um, which you have the Colts, you have Green Bay, you have Jacksonville, and you have what's the last one? Is it Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee. So they 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 split the Tennessee and Indy games. You got Jacksonville and, and Green Bay coming up, non-division games. To me, you got to win one of those two, and you got to win three out of four in the division to have any shot at the division title. That's what it comes down to. And the Bucs have nobody to blame but themselves because you can look back at the season. They had an opportunity to beat the Falcons. They couldn't do it. They had an opportunity to beat the Houston Texans. They couldn't do it. I mean, these again, these are the games that you're going to look back at and say, well, they could have had more wins, but now they put themselves in the situation. But moving forward, you got the Panthers. Like you said, you got the Falcons. You got the Saints in front of you. And then you got the Panthers again to end it off. So if you can win all those games in your division, more than likely you're winning the NFC South. If not, then we're going to be talking about some other things that we don't necessarily want to talk about on this podcast, namely yep. firings, big-time changes, right? drafts, freaking free agent. I mean, I don't like talking about that. I want to talk about a playoff, even though you get your doors blown off in the first round, but you never know. Right. They get on a hot streak. Maybe they catch somebody off guard. Maybe somebody plays down to them. That's right. You just got to get in. If you can get in and win a division, and I get it, it's probably the worst division in football. doesn't matter. If you win the division, you get a home game. It's plain and simple. Yeah. All right. So the Bucks fall again to four and seven. Before we get to Paul Stewart's montage of the Carolina Panthers, Peter, I forgot to tell you last week, I meant to tell you, Paul, before he left for England, back to England, he left me a little gift for you. So I got to, next time I see you, I'm going to get it for you. It's a nice Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It's a Buck Power mug. Nice mug for you. Really? Yeah. So you got a little gift for you. Yeah. So. All right. Got your, got your gift. So uh, shout out to Paul Stewart. Um, but again, buckpower.com is your place for all things Buck audio, video. Every single day he's got something on the on the website, new audio, new video, this day in Buccaneer history. Uh, again, we're part of the buckpower.com podcast network. Go to the Buck Power TV on YouTube. You can see the montage and all that good stuff. So remember, Buck Power is your place to go. And again, Paul Stewart left a nice little mug for you, Peter Blake. Uh, so next time we get together, I will hand deliver that to you, sir. 
right, man. Sounds good. Sooner than later. All right. Let's have I mean, some wings too. It's on you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're the one with all this food delivery. Steal us a bag of wings one night. Get us a little bag full of wings on a delivery and just just forget about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, you go on an Uber Eats or a DoorDash, and next thing you know, oh, my gosh, I, I couldn't get to your address because I had a flat tire. Guess what? You have the food. Uh, I don't know. There you go. I've never, I've never done that before. I got, I've gotten orders canceled. I got one order canceled before, and I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take the I'm hungry. And, any good hot chick? Any good hot chick deliveries this last couple weeks? Oh yeah, you know some, some some talent. You got some talent in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, yeah, here and not really to tell you the truth. I've been working so much, you know, whether it's covering USF or covering the. I'm just I'm so much working now. I want to sleep, man. And now it's getting cold outside, so I want to sleep even more. Well, the good thing is you're gonna get to sleep a little extra this week. Remember, Buck fans, the game has been flexed to four o'clock. It's not a one o'clock game. So, Peter Blake, you can sleep in a little bit this week. You roll in about 348 to Raymond James Stadium, fight the traffic, no. get your media pass. I mean, no. I'll probably get out there about noon or one o'clock. Oh, God, not that early, please. You don't I'm need to be that there. early. Get out there even earlier because they do serve breakfast. Oh, you're going to get the, yeah, you want to hit the double buffet there, baby buffet because you get the breakfast and then you get the the salad and then the lunch and then you get the dinner and if it's a blowout which hopefully it's not that's when you can really you know stock up and then you get dessert <laughs> at halftime you know what i'm talking do you know what i'm talking about i know but i'm not i've not had the pleasure to be there for the bucks game so get but I out there we need to go out give there give me a pass give me a pass brother i could i wish i could get you a pass we need to ask uh, uncle tj reeves to get us out there Buck administrators, I know you're listening. Brian Ford and company, Powers on Sports need a media pass to the Bucks game. Come on, come on, Jason Light. Of course, yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, I, I got you, man. I got. You. All right, we're gonna go to the Paul Stewart montage, Carolina Panthers. When he's done, we will be back and give you a little preview of the one in ten turmoil-ridden Carolina Panthers as they come to Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. We'll be back in just a couple minutes, Bucks fans. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market. Whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. Powers10 is the code. Use Powers10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more. Or you can use the code Powers20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you'd like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, Whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and the Ticket Smarter app is the place to go. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford. 
and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Now, the first game took place in the Panthers' expansion season of 1995, and Carolina's new stadium was not ready, so it took place at the University of Clemson. The score was tied, Trent Dilfer was out injured, and the pride of the Barcelona Dragons, Casey Weldon, came in to win the game for the Buccaneers. Weldon takes it himself, and he has the touchdown. The quarterback, Casey Weldon, over the top. Now, the 2002 season saw the Bucks twice win games without or scoring a touchdown, and one of them was the road game in Carolina. Now, the Bucks were without Brad Johnson. They had the human sack machine, Rob Johnson, behind quarterback, and it came down to Martin Gramatica to first tie the score and then win it inside the final two minutes. Early in the fourth, we'll try one from 53. Looking to tie the game for Tampa Bay. Tupa is the holder. And dramatic is kicked straight down the middle, and it is good to tie it up at nine. Seven-yard attempt to try to win it for the Buccaneers. And here's Dramatica's kick. It's straight, it's true, and it's good at Tampa Bay with a 12-9 lead and five seconds left. The following years saw some unfortunate moments and results not going the Buccaneers' way. In 2003, they tied the score at the end of regulation only for the extra point to be blocked and they lose in overtime. In 2006, that was the day that Chris Sims had his terrible spleen injury and the Bucs lost at home, Keyshawn Johnson scoring for the Panthers in the opening minute. In 2007, the Bucs won a road in Carolina and they lost their starting left tackle, Luke Pettigo, to an injury early on. On came a completely unknown free agent, Donald Penn. That one did work out okay because Penn went on to start nearly 100 games for the Buccaneers and proved to be one of the best offensive linemen the Bucs ever had. But then we come to 2008, a Monday night game when the Bucs were 9-3 and three and on their way seemingly to another playoff appearance. But Monty Kiffin announced his resignation at the end of the year to join his son at the University of Tennessee. The Panthers ran all over the Bucs for over 300 yards, and the Bucs lost their first of four straight games, which meant they missed out on the playoffs, and it ultimately cost John Gruden his job. But it, this game did feature one of the most amazing touchdown receptions in franchise history. Three receivers, bottom of your screen to Garcia's right. He climbs the pocket and goes left. Oh, what a catch for wow. the touchdown by Bryant. That was unbelievable. Great catch. Now, in their first 36 seasons, the Buccaneers never had a walk-off touchdown. But that changed in the 2012 road game at Bank of America Stadium. It needed Josh Freeman to tie the score in the final seconds with a touchdown pass to Vincent Jackson. And then the same combination hooked up for the two-point conversion. In overtime, Freeman found Dallas Clark. Listen out for Chris Myers just slightly getting the announcement wrong as the uh, winning score was made. 20 seconds. End zone throw. Did he hold on? Touchdown, Vincent Jackson. 
An unbelievable catch. An unbelievable throw. Freeman. End zone. Conversion. Vincent Jackson. Tie game. From the 15. Freeman end zone. Panthers win. Buccaneers win. Dallas Clark has the touchdown. The 2019 home game was actually played in London at the home of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And I was calling the game inside the stadium. And my somewhat sarcastic commentary on Bobo Wilson not fumbling a punt made it all over the NFL network next day. James Winston threw five interceptions. The Bucks were beaten pretty comfortably, and it really was the beginning of the end for James behind centre in Tampa. But then we come to 2020, and Ronald Jones scoring on the longest offensive play in Buccaneer history. Ronald Jones will get a big hole. Jones gets by. Ronald Jones may go all the way. Being chased from behind. Does Jones have enough? Still on his feet. Ronald Jones, 98-yard touchdown. TJ, take it away. Gabbard and some backup offensive linemen, too. They pitch to Scotty Miller, racing around the right end, 45, down to the 30, down to the 20, racing to the 10. Scotty Miller leaping towards the end zone. Did the feet stay in? It is a touchdown, or is he down? They signal touchdown. Will they say he's out of bounds? Miller is in for the touchdown for the moment. And, of course, you can catch up on all the previous encounters with the Carolina Panthers on parkpower.com. Every game, every player, everything but. All right, Buck fans, we are back. No Quarter Given podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter. I'm sure you enjoyed the montage with Paul Stewart. Paul always does a great job putting these together with the uh, dramatic Carolina finishes over the years. We've had some wild finishes, some rough and tough games. Steve Smith uh, and company. We've had the Jake DeLomes of the world, all kind of dramatic. Peppers, uh, owning yep. Carolina Walker. Who could forget that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let's forget that. <laughs> All right, let's talk this Carolina Panthers team. Obviously, if you haven't heard, the Panthers run out Frank Reich on Monday morning. Uh, they replace him. They replace the uh, offensive uh, quarterbacks coach, Deuce Staley, the running backs coach. David Tepper is turning into the new George Steinbrenner of the NFL, whacking people left and right. He owes more people. He's paying more people not to work than he is paying to work up there in Carolina. Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, gets named the interim coach for the rest of the year. Your thoughts on uh, Tepper pulling the quick trigger on Frank Reich? What are they doing? I mean, uh, this is not a rebuild. I mean, this is a mess. And he's becoming the Daniel Snyder of the NFL, firing, firing. And this is not what good organizations do, by the way. When you fire a coach almost every year and you're changing systems and doing this and doing that and have no continuity at all, this is why you're where you're at. So I don't know what they're doing. I get it. It wasn't working, but you at least got to give it. Oh, year. I mean, six coaches in six coaches in forty-eight months for the Panthers. Well, the six. first that mostly got Frank Reich fired was: did he have any intel, or did he have any say on who the quarterback he wanted? Did he want Bryce Young, or was that Tepper? Because that was te- if that was Tepper, and then that's on him. But if that was on Frank Reich, then I could I can understand why they fired him still because C.J. Stroud has been. 
Just Tepper, Tepper had a press conference on Wednesday stating everybody was on the same page when it came to Bryce Young. Who yeah. knows how much of that is the truth, but everybody was on the same page that they wanted to draft Bryce Young. Obviously, we've seen the success of C.J. Stroud in Houston, the lack of success with Bryce Young, and more importantly, Carolina has traded their first-round pick next year to the Bears, who, who now will have the number one pick in the draft as of today via Carolina in the event, uh, you know, with Caleb Williams coming out, Drake May, Michael Penix, all the quarterbacks. So it's even double work, doubly bad you don't have a first-round pick this year if you're the Carolina Panthers. On top of it, you traded one of your main weapons in DJ Moore. Right. Well, with the Bears. So it looks bad. And look, we talked about it in the draft process. There were red flags out there about Bryce Young. He was coming out of Alabama. He had a short, not not very physically stout. Yes, he's a short guy. CJ Stroud was, you know, the per it seemed like the perfect quarterback prospect. 6'3, 6'4, big arm, comes out of Ohio State as one, wherever yep. he's been. It's an easy choice for me, but for some reason, <coughs> Bryce Young uh, to the Carolina Panthers, and here we are at one and ten. All right, let's get to the game here. This is the, this is the must-win game. This is uh, uh, you don't want to say Armageddon game for the Bucks, but it really is in my view. If yeah. you lose this game, that locker room will be demoralized. And I think that'll be the that'll be the in my view. They lose this game. This this this, this will be the last game Baker Mayfield starts. I think you got to go to Kyle Trask. You go to four and eight. You got to go to Kyle Trask and see what you got in the last five games of the year. Maybe he, he provides a spark for the offense, but this is a must-win game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Agree, and they got some playmakers in that secondary. Uh, you got Jeremy Chen, of course. You got J.C. Horn, who may play in this game. Uh, they're giving up 20 uh, points per game. They're 29th, so they could definitely be scored upon. They are better against the pass than against the run. So you would feel like that Mike Evans and, of course, Chris Godwin would have a big day. And you go back to the scene of the crime last year when Evans played at Raymond James scene where you have over 200 yards of receiving three touchdowns. Right. So you like to see that type of effort again by this offense. Can this offense figure it out? Because it certainly seems like the running game has improved. They had over 100 yards. So yep. can they do that versus Carolina? And then the other matchup I'm looking at, the young guys here, Yaya Diaby, finally the starter. As Named the starter, yep. Up and you got Kalijah Kansi, who's played out of his mind. Can they get after a Bryce Young and make him look like a rookie quarterback? Because the Panthers giving up 43 sacks. Pitiful yards. offensive line. Pitiful. Yeah, a great opportunity here. And, and again, you can talk about the quarterback all you want to, but we all know this all too well. You got a young kid back there. You got no offensive line, and he's getting hit it that much. He's starting to see ghosts. And then on <laughs> top of it, you put pressure on him. He'll give you some turnovers. So I think it's a prime opportunity, not only for this uh, defensive line to step up with the young kids and Yaya Diaby and, of course, uh, Kalijah Kansi, but this whole defensive unit to step up, call some turnovers. Let's blow this team out. Let's have a blowout, okay? Let's not even make it close. Let's just blow out, no struggles at all, get all that negativity out of the uh, Bucks fan systems off of social media. Let's blow this team out. You have to stop the running game first. They're going to try to run the ball this week. Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders. You have to put the ball in Bryce Young's hands, make that offensive line have to protect. They've shown the inability to be able to do that, but you cannot let the Panthers be able to run the ball. I mean, the Colts ran the ball a little bit last week, but not – I mean, it wasn't – they didn't gash us, but they ran it enough to be able to keep Gardner Minshew and us off balance. You have to shut down this running game and put the ball in Bryce Young's hands. 
there's a chance for Levante David to play in this game. I hope he can. I don't think he plays. I think a groin injury like that, that's that's usually not a one-week injury. And it's on Devin White. It's on the young kid and uh, Savassier Dennis who played uh, a lot better than I thought Devin White did, just effort alone, just being all over the football. He could be a potential linebacking replacement for David or a White. I got to see something out of White. I I'm sorry. He may be dealing yep. with some injuries or something like that. To me, it's just effort for him. He's got to show up. He's got to be the defensive leader on this team. Enough of the talk. Go out there and knock somebody out. And the, and the, and the Panthers don't have receivers that are going to scare you. Adam Thielen at the end of his career, Terrence Marshall, these are just blah guys. You can't let these guys get in rhythm on offense. That's where, again, this is where Todd Bowles, whether it's heat him up, heat Bryce Young up with the pressure, Carlton Davis, you got, you got Adam Thielen. We'll handle the other guys, but this is where Carlton Davis has got to step up and play well against Adam Thielen. This is a guy that should not be getting more than 40 or 50 yards receiving in this game. They don't have weapons. Shut down the running game. Heat, heat up Bryce Young. This should be a two or three turnover kind of game, and you're right. Let's have a 31-7 to kind of win, a comfortable win for the Buccaneers in a game that they should win, need to win, and must win. 31 to 10, Tampa Bay over the Carolina Panthers. They stay alive in that NFC South and win at home. I agree. I think I think you're going to see a 28 to 31. But yeah, I'm with you. 31 10 kind of game. Come out fast. Put again. You t you get the lead. You even minimize the running game even more for the Panthers if you can get out to a 10 or 14 nothing lead. Let's get the crowd back into the into the. I I got a bad feeling it's not going to be a great crowd on Sunday with. Two teams that are mediocre. Um, I worry about the crowd, the crowd attendance, but it is a four o'clock game. You'll get a little darkness here. It'll be fun to see that uh, kind of the lights will be out. Probably halftime, the lights will be on. I worry about that Levante David's not going to be in the game. Hopefully, Jamel Dean can play because that'll be important on the other side. But again, uh, more opportunity here for the Bucks. The Bucks are better than the Panthers. We know that the Panthers are in turmoil. Uh, be aware for the Panthers again. Special teams guy, potential fake punt, trick play. This guy's going to try to do everything he can to went to get a job here. Chris Tabor, so he's going to be aggressive, not be afraid to do something out of the norm. So, if you're Todd Bowles, stay on your P's and Q's. Don't get don't get caught off guard by something in the in the game management part of things. And in your view, any chance if the Bucks were to lose this game, the Bucks make a coaching change in season. I've never seen it before. I've never seen the Glazers do it, but you know the pressure may be there. You can't lose to the Panthers uh, at all. I don't think they make a change, but I think there would be a lot of fans, uh, a lot of pundits in the Tampa Bay area that would be calling for it. Inexcusable to lose to a team like the Panthers. If you do that, you're basically toast in that NFC South. What opinion. about the quarterback situation if the Bucks lose Sunday? Loose, it's Kyle Trask time. It is. You got to see what you got. I mean, it, you, if you if you win on Sunday, you got a chance to win the NFC South. If you lose, I feel like you don't, and you got to see what you got in Kyle Trask. All right, Buck fans, there you have it. We both think the Bucks are going to win comfortably. We need this win to get to five and seven, stay in the hunt, both wild card. Because remember, Buck fans, if it's us in Minnesota tied at the end for the seventh spot, we win the tiebreaker. So if you can, you're only one game out. So if you can get. You know, you're still in the in both wild card and the division race here. I know it doesn't look great record wise, but you're still in it. So games you gotta win. This is the one you gotta win. You got Carolina twice the last six weeks, which is a good thing. Uh, but you gotta get this start because you go to Atlanta next week for another huge division game. You win the next two games, you're probably in first place. Say what you want. That's it. That's it. And you got the Saints uh on New Year's Eve, and you got yep. the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
yep. on Christmas Eve. So interesting matchups coming here. All right, Buck fans, appreciate you finding us. Remember, find us on on uh, social or on your podcast platform. No quarter given. I'm Jason, Peter. Let's see you in the winner's circle next week. Have a great week. We'll see you at Raymond James Stadium Sunday, 4:05 kickoff. See you next time on the No Quarter Given podcast. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.